Science Journal for Kids and Teens presents What Can Graves Tell Us About Gender Identity? Adapted from the original peer-reviewed paper in the European Journal of Archaeology, published on July 15, 2021. Research conducted by Ula Moilinen, Alina Salmela, and others from the Department of Archaeology at the University of Turku and the Organismal and Evolutionary Biology Research Program at the University of Helsinki, both in Finland. See the full list of authors in the accompanying PDF. Read by Miranda Wilson. Abstract. How do we find out about people who lived hundreds and even thousands of years ago? Often, we look at their graves. What were they buried with? What does this tell us about who they were? An early medieval grave in Finland has been puzzling archaeologists for a while. The person was buried with a sword, but also jewelry and other objects thought of as feminine. So, for a long time, we've thought that it could be the grave of a powerful woman, a woman with a sword. This is surprising because usually swords are associated with men, but it's not so straightforward. We wanted to find out who the person really was. We looked carefully at what they were buried with and worked out their biological sex using ancient DNA. The results made us think that maybe medieval society had different ideas about sex and gender than what we thought. Introduction. Archaeologists are great at solving puzzles. First, they must dig to find the pieces of the puzzle. Then, they work out how the pieces fit together to build up a picture of the past. But often, archaeologists only have some of the puzzle pieces. So, they have to make their best guess using the evidence they do have. An early medieval grave in Finland has been puzzling archaeologists for a while. It's called the Suintaka grave and it has been dated to between 1050 AD and 1150 AD. That means it is almost a thousand years old. The grave contains human remains and several objects, which are clues to who the person in the grave was. Among the bones, there were jewelry and dress accessories, along with two swords. Based on this, people have interpreted the grave as belonging to a powerful woman warrior, but not everyone agrees. Usually, swords are associated with men. It's not that straightforward. Really, we can't be sure about someone based on the objects they were buried with. Western society tells us that girls should have long hair and wear pink. Boys should have short hair and like the color blue. But a lot of people don't fit into these social norms, and we shouldn't have to. Biological sex is also more complicated than it might seem. Being male or female is determined by your sex chromosomes, but not everyone has XX, female, or XY, male, chromosomes. And people can also self-identify as a gender different to their biological sex. For example, they might be non-binary. So really, we should be thinking of a gender spectrum. We wanted to find out more about the Suintaka grave. Who really was the person who was buried there? Do the pieces of the puzzle really tell us about the person? Or does how we fit the pieces together tell us more about our social norms? Here in figure one, you can see the objects found in the Suintaka grave. A, a bronze hilted sword. B, a hiltless sword. 
In the inset directly underneath the image of the hiltless sword, you can see the blade has carvings on it and a ruler shows the scale. C. Two oval brooches with textile fragments. D. A twin spiral chain bearer. E. A sheathed knife. F. A pin annular brooch. And G. A sickle. For items C through G, there is a scale directly below each image to see the size of the objects. Methods. We carried out the first detailed study of the Suantaka grave. We did this in three steps. One, we carefully analyzed the paperwork from when the grave was first discovered and dug up back in 1968. What was found and where? Two, we used microscopes with 100 times and 400 times magnification to carefully analyze two to three spoonfuls of soil, floating it in water. We were looking for tiny textile fibers in animal hairs, which we then identified. And three, we extracted ancient DNA, or ADNA, from the bones, specifically from a fragment of the thigh bone, and sequenced it. We could then work out what sex chromosomes the person had. So what was their biological sex? We wanted to know how likely it was that our findings were correct. So we used a statistical model to evaluate the uncertainty of our results. Results. So what did we find? The grave was only big enough for one person, so there couldn't have been both a man and a woman buried together. All the objects, apart from one of the swords, were directly on the person's body when they were buried. In figure 2, you can see Suantaka grave images. In A, on the left, you can see a plan of the discovered items. In B, on the right, you can see an artist's reconstruction of the burial, showing the position of objects on the body. The drawing is by Veronica Paschenko, and you can see a scale at the bottom of the image for size. Looking at the image, which of the grave objects was not placed directly on the person's body when they were buried? We found 23 animal hairs and three bird feather fragments. 60% of the hairs belonged to sheep. They were wool. One of the hairs came from a furry animal like a red fox or rabbit. Maybe the grave contained wool and fur clothing and feather bedding. In figure three, you can see examples of identified animal hairs from the soil sample under the microscope. Image A in the upper left is rabbit or hare. Image B in the upper right is red fox or another furry mammal. Image C in the lower left is sheep. And image D in the lower right is a feather from a bird. In the upper left corner of each image, you can see a scale for size. It was hard to find ancient DNA, but we did have just enough to work out what sex the person was. And we found an interesting result. The Suantaka person almost certainly didn't have XX, or female, or XY, male, sex chromosomes. Instead, it looks to us like they had XXY chromosomes. This would mean they were a biological male with Klinefelter syndrome. Discussion. What do you think of when you hear the word girl or boy? 
Your ideas are influenced by social norms. When we try to picture the past, we must think about what the social norms then may have been. We shouldn't let the picture we build be affected by what society thinks in the present. The person in the Suuntaka grave in Finland wore clothes that modern society thinks were feminine. They were most likely a biological male with Klinefelter syndrome. This means that they might have had more feminine physical characteristics. However, they were also buried with items we usually consider masculine. So, maybe the person wasn't thought of as strictly manly or feminine. Maybe they identified as somewhere else on the gender spectrum. It was an elaborate burial, which makes us think that the person was well respected. The items in the grave seem to show that their community acknowledged both masculine and feminine aspects of their identity. It could be that non-binary people were valued in early medieval society, or maybe the person belonged to a wealthy and well-connected family. This could be why they were given more freedom in expressing their gender identity. We should always remember that biological sex and gender are different things. We shouldn't assume a person's sex based on what they look like or how they act. This is true for now and also for the past. Conclusion. The world can be a tough place for people whose gender identity is different from their biological sex, but everyone should be able to express their gender identity however they feel. We should all work towards building a more accepting society. Let's make sure we respect everyone. Don't make assumptions about someone's gender identity. Make sure you use people's names and pronouns, she, he, they, z, a, as they ask. Tell people your pronouns too. This helps to create an inclusive world. Be a friend or ally to gender non-binary people. Kindness goes a long way. As an example, you can see our pronouns here. Thank you for listening to this recording. Visit our website, sciencejournalforkids.org, for more free science teaching resources.